You're listening to Convinced. I'm Vince Roca. Did he say Venti Mocha? And I'm Michael Hutchinson, the special guest. The special guest, Michael Hutchinson. What's new? Uh, well, actually, there's a lot going on lately. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I did a spring break, which is kind of funny because, you know, you tell people, so what are you out here for? Because I went to Houston. So right. I'm like, I'm on spring break. They're like, you're in college? <laughs> like, uh, no. You're not. You're in high school. <laughs> I should say, no, I'm still, I'm, I'm still in high school. Yeah, I'm still in high school. I do the high school experience. Right. You're a high school spring breaker. <laughs> yep, I get older, but the girls stay the same age. Mm, like the pages of Playboy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So, Although yeah. I find that my tastes have gotten older. Um, I mean, a you know, the girls in the pages of Playboy at 18 years old are still gorgeous. Uh, don't think, I mean, by no means do them. I'm not attracted to them. But uh, there are older women where I'm like, I don't think like 10 years ago I would have found her attractive. I would have been like, she's old. <laughs> and now, true. now I'm like, yeah, that gray hair is kind of sexy, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is weird. She's still pretty hot for being as old as she is. Back to you. Back to me. So I did go to Houston. Yes. Uh, had a good time there. Uh, a lot of drinking. Uh, my buddy hangs out at a, at a bar. Your buddy, Brian, my buddy, Brian hangs out at a bar. Right. Um, that's his, that's what he does. Well, he works, and then after work, he's you know he's divorced, and he's one of those that goes and <laughs> he's like Norm. He's Norm. He catches a stool. He is, so. All right, and everybody knows each other, which is pretty cool because it's you know, Norm it's, wasn't divorced. Uh, and he had Vera. Yeah, uh, and uh, Cliff didn't have anybody. Though. Yeah, Cliff was never. Uh, yeah, did he date anybody throughout the whole show? Um, I don't think so. I don't know if he did or not. And he lived with mom, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the postal worker. So. <laughs> That's probably closer to Brian. <laughs> He's Cliff. <laughs> anyway, go on. Full of all the uh, trivial information. Mm. Uh, anyway, so uh, you know he hangs out there, which is cool, and you know everyone knows each other. It is. It's pretty like, much like Cheers. Everyone's family members. And anyway, on, on my last day there, Saturday, we went, went out to a, 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 a crawfish boil or crayfish or whatever it is you want to call it. Crawfish is what I've always heard. People That's what I've heard call too. It cray. No, it's a, they actually call it crawfish, but they crayfish is actually the official term of it, I guess. Oh, C R A W C craw cray. C R A W. Oh yeah. It's crawfish and then cray C R A Y. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. That, that more trivia information. Anyway, so the dumb South. Hi, hi. Everybody happy, happy, happy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, anyway, I've, I've, you know, we don't have them in California. It's not a staple here. We don't go off and have a crawfish, crawfish boils. Boil. Yeah. No, but I mean, you can eat crawfish here. It's not like they're illegal. No, no, you can. Yes, but it's not but, like it, it's just normal. Like everyone has the these big, huge tin things. Well, yeah, because propane the, burners to cook them with, and in the Gulf, you like you just reach down and you can grab them out of the yeah, water. They're, they're basically cockroaches of the water. Yeah, exactly. That's, there's that's like what they there's are. a ton of them. So they're easy to fish. <laughs> they, they actually get them from farms, I believe is what, cause I was asking about that. I'm like, so do these things get pulled out of the Mississippi or, and apparently, hmm. no, they, they actually have crawfish farms. Hmm. Interesting. Um, the crawfish hold up the bridges there. That's right. Cause they're bottomless. That's right. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm learning about how all this stuff gets done. I, I didn't realize that they always have to be alive. Like they get them, they got, and I don't know where they got shipped from because I was in Houston and they came from somewhere, Louisiana, probably. All right. Um, they got about 200 pounds of them. Okay. They come in these bags of, they're weighted. So some of them tagged to 37 pounds, some were up 40 pounds, whatever. Uh, but they're all alive. Then you take them and you put them into ice chests to wash them down. Okay. Because you, I guess you want them all nice and clean. 
But when they're in these bags, like because they stay in these bags for well, hours. sure, because the bags that they're shipped in, the, it's going to start to get algae and whatever. So you need to yeah, and yeah. you hose them down. Like you don't put all of, all two hundred pounds. You know, you leave them in the bag, and throughout the day, you you hose them down to keep them wet. All right, and then you put them in these big ice chests. Okay. You know, and you keep the little plug on the bottom of the ice chest empty, and you just keep washing them down, washing them down. Are you hosing them down yeah. through the ice? So okay, there's no ice on them. It's just the ice chest. Oh, you're, oh okay. you're all you're doing is cleaning them. You're just hosing them so down. You're just and hosing just them down. around in there. And they're trying to get out. Yeah, they're just like, I want to go home. Exactly. Right. And, you know, sometimes because as you, you tip it up to you know, get the water out because there's so many in there. A couple so of them will jump they'll out. Ju- they'll, like, not, free, not that they're very fast. Going free. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't know what they look like, they're like miniature lobsters. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much what they look like. They're, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess so. It's sort of like a lobster. Close, I guess, suppose that's the closest thing because they're kind of crab-like. Um, but... Uh, they're sort of seahorse like in the way that they swim, I think. Don't they sort uh, of that I don't know. I don't know, right? Anyway, yeah. That I don't know. I just know they're if you yeah. don't know what they look like, there's a place called Google. <laughs> anyway, go on. And, and hit images. Yeah. And you'll see lots of them. Yes. So anyway, so they, they do that and then they they put salt in it. And and so they, they fill the whole thing up with water and you know, as they're spraying them down and they put uh, one of the big round containers of Morton salt in there. And apparently that makes them throw up. And get rid of and and uh, get rid of all the excrement that they have. Okay. Uh, and then you wash them down, and I and it's interesting because suddenly you so know, it makes you see, them vomit and shit. Yep. By, that, but they come from salt water. No, they're fresh water. I thought they came from the, no, they're from the Gulf. <clears throat> no, they're they're actually fresh water. Oh, I thought they actually came out of the Gulf. That's why they were so plentiful there. So it's out of the Mississippi River. The, yeah. Well, we have at Parker. We have, I found them. Crawfish I, in the Colorado in, in River. Colorado River. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so yeah, they put the salt in there and it's, you know, suddenly the water turns black from all this stuff, you know, they uh. rinse them off some more and then they take them and they put them into a, this huge boiling pot of water and yet, <clears throat> well, wait, <coughs> don't the water turns black. So don't you rinse them out? Yeah. They keep again. rinsing them off. You yeah. Keep rinsing and, them and off keep rinsing as they them off, so. shitting and vomiting yeah. all over themselves. Yeah. Okay. And, and then, then you take them and you throw them in, into the, the boiling water and, and then, yeah. And then they scream to death, right? They do, do. Have- and and they can't be dead. So any as you're cleaning it out, if you find any dead ones, you gotta you gotta throw them out because apparently if they're already dead, they, they will get you sick. Right, which is the same case with lobster. You have to cook lobster alive, or I think actually I think that's a myth. I think you can cook the lobster dead, but that was what people thought forever. Well, um, trivia information about lobster. Apparently, lobster is only fed to prisoners because they thought yes. it was horrible. <clears throat> uh, yeah, Boston. Uh, where did I hear that? Um, yeah, Boston, I think is where it started. There was a bunch of lobster and it was fed to prisoners cause it was, yeah, it was the bottom, bottom feeders. Yeah. You wouldn't want to eat that. It's horrible. It. And now it's, you know, one of the most expensive <laughs> meals. So did you, did you taste any? Of I did not. I, cause I've, which, so, you know, with crawfish boil and it lasted all day. I, we got there at, I don't know, 1.30, I think. And uh-huh. I, I brought my chicken sandwich and <laughs> <laughs> were people razzing you about it. No, they didn't care. It wasn't mm-hmm. a big deal. Um, you know, and they said, uh, you know, you're supposed to put, uh, corn in it, and sometimes people put um, corn inside the crawfish. No, like you put it when it's being boiled. Oh, okay. So you put the the corn in there and potatoes, <clears throat> so it all gets boiled together. Right. And then you get it, and it sets. When you pull it out, you put it on this big table, uh-huh. and everyone just goes up and starts eating it off this like a, you know table like this, and which is just a, a normal sized table. Okay. And they put newspaper down underneath it uh-huh. just to absorb some of the the crap or whatever. And right. then 
And, and then you just have these huge piles of crawfish. Right. And you crack them open, eat their guts, and throw them in the in a in bucket. The gar- in the garbage next to it. So like everyone's standing around the table, and throughout like the day, eating, you just go up there and grab some. And It's like eating pistachios. Yeah, pretty so much. did you have any of the corner peas that they were cooked with? I didn't have any of that yeah, stuff, I wouldn't no. do that either. <laughs> um, I don't. As, I, I have had one once, and I, I don't care to do it again. You had a crawfish once? Yeah, I, with the Sunshine Kids when I was down in New Orleans, you know. I'm a kid with cancer. You got to do it for me. Oh, <laughs> you know, one of those things. I'd be like, you, you're going to, you die, boy. I, I'm going to still live. You get to die. I have to live with this memory. So, so yeah, I, so I did it once, but I don't like fish so, or seafood or I, like that. So I don't eat anything that comes from the sea. Uh, and people tell me how great it is. And occasionally I'll get a mindset of like, cause Deanna, my wife will uh, uh, sometimes get uh, shrimp or whatever. And it, it's, it looks Sometimes I look at it and it looks good and everybody says it looks good. So I'm like, okay, tonight's the night. I'm going to mentally, this is what I say to myself. I'm going to try Deanna's whatever. And the plate arrives and I start looking at it and thinking about the ocean and there it goes. It's done. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I can't, I just, I, I just can't stomach it. Um, I've been to the ocean too many times. It's a disgusting fucking place. Uh, um, and, and, and they live in it and absorb all that. I'm with you. Yeah. It's just so strange. Um, it's like pulling something out of your toilet and eating it. Yeah. I, well, I, I just had a conversation with a girl yesterday or two days ago. Uh, there was a quarter in the toilet and she, it was, it was really, she was at another job. It was really hot. Uh, the air conditioner was off over the weekend. They didn't have free crafty. All they had was a soda machine and she really needed that quarter. And the toilet had <laughs> been flushed. Do? Yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot of desperation in the in her setup. And the toilet had been flushed and it was clean, but she was like, she still didn't go for the quarter. <laughs> hmm. And at that point, if the bowl was clean and the quarter was there, I don't know. I mean, given the circumstances, I might have went for it. I mean, there's soap. You can scrub away. But it it's still, I mean, how many people drop something in the toilet, usually a cell phone, and just go, well... That's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's not coming back ever again. Yet you eat stuff from the ocean that not only they not only piss and shit all over themselves, but people do, too. Uh Third world countries just send all their (laughs) raw sewage right into it. Absolutely. But even, you know, even us, I've pissed in the ocean many times. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a reason there aren't bathrooms on the beach. (laughs) You got to walk a long ways. And I know I've never shit in the ocean, but I know people have. Oh, yeah. I mean, they talked about it on Survivor that they've you know shit in the, in the water, um, which is probably a way better experience than you know going to shit in the outhouse with all the flies and crap. Oh man, on Survivor, it probably is. When uh, I don't, I don't rub like, your ass in the sand, and you're good to go. Yeah, I don't like camping, uh, but I don't know. About ten years ago was the last time that I was coerced in going on a uh, river rafting trip. Which I like the river rafting part. I just don't like the camping part. So fucking stupid. Just people call it vacation. You pack all of that shit. You take it with you. You take it out of the truck. You pack it all into the boat. You go down the river on the boat. Then you pack it all out of the boat onto the land. Build a, a fucking town with kitchen and everything. Then get up really early in the morning. Pack it all up. Put it back on the boat just to do it again tomorrow night. What, you're fucking stupid. Like, that's just a... <laughs> I can do that. And when I was on the river, uh, this is up in Oregon, I found out that there was a, a service for those, you know, so-called posh people that would go ahead of you and set up camp and break down camp 
So you could just get into your raft and raft all day and then everything was ready and food was ready and you ate. And then in the morning you got up and you went rafting and then it broke like down. a hotel at every step. Yes. <laughs> it, which that wouldn't be bad either. So I'm like, why the fuck aren't we doing it that way? Oh, cause that's for the pansies. How much would it have costed? Like $25 a person. You fucking crazy. <laughs> um, but I shat in a, uh, in an outhouse. Um, it was a really nice outhouse, not like an Andy Gump. I don't really know what the hell they do because when you look down, there was it wasn't a flushable toilet, um, and when you look down into the hole, you're just shitting in a hole. It's just a, like you can see a mountain in the hole. <laughs> um, and so I, my question was, and this was like a concrete outhouse, so I was like, well, they can't move it. So how do they? What happens to that down there? And I still don't know. And I didn't. <laughs> I didn't go as far as googling it. But there was flies everywhere, and I had to go. So I went, and there were flies on my ass. And I, I'd rather shit in the ocean. Like, <laughs> never, I never really thought about that. But Yeah, there were flies crawling around on my asshole as I'm trying to shit. I mean, they were like, ooh, fresh from the source. <laughs> and that, so no, I don't, I'm not a camper. I don't eat fucking seafood. So uh, so back to seafood. I don't think you were done with your story because I derailed. I oh, I, you well, and, you know, then... Yeah. Oh, there's also oysters. They had, they had oysters also. They uh, also something I don't eat. Do they shit or do they like? They're like a self-contained community in that shell, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They, I no. guess they open their mouth to get some sand in and turn it into a pearl. Uh, I, I don't know. Their pearl is their shit, right? Or their vomit or something? Uh, I thought it was a piece of sand that gets stuck in there and then it gets like calcified or something like that. Right on their saliva. Yeah. So pearls are. Oyster spit. I guess so. Yeah. Right on. Another great thing. <laughs> so, yeah, they had, they had 200 pounds of crawfish and 100 pounds of oysters. And 200 pounds of crawfish is like $7, right? Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. It's really cheap. <laughs> well, I imagine it probably is. The, I played Brian Because it truly is the bottom feeders. Yeah. Brian said even the oysters weren't very much. I think he said he got them for 40, 50 bucks or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, oysters are eaten a lot in the South. Eaten. Eaten. People eat oysters a lot in the South. Um, but when you get into places like New York and California, I think it's only the posh urban cities is where they get expensive. Otherwise, it's like a cheap food. Yeah. Uh, so. Especially if you can do it yourself. And people yeah. ate them. Some ate them raw. Some ate them cooked. Ugh. It's like a... And they were paying, Brian was, a, you know, he puts a glove on one hand, takes a knife and has to stab the knife into it to, you know, pry these things open. They're not, you know, they don't want to open up. no. But uh, when you cook them, I think they pop open. Yeah, they? They, they, he said it was easier once they were once they're steamed. I guess. I guess that's how. It... Oh, is that it? So the meat is always raw. I guess. Yeah, so. that's good stuff. Like fucking soup. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But yeah, you know. But the family, it was interesting. You know, I, I'll call it the family. Everyone there from the bar. So it was pretty much like everyone that I've hung out with from the bar is now there, uh, except for one guy <laughs> who didn't get invited. Why not? They don't really like him. Oh, so <laughs> they, they make fun of they, him. They <laughs> invite everybody from the bar except Cliff Clavin. Whoever that's pretty Cliff much Clavin it. That's, that's pretty much it. This one guy, um, Gizmo's what he went by. I don't. But know. But he he still goes to the bar, and everybody has, knows him, because he has nowhere else to go. Yeah. So he's a total loner. Well, you know, they all everyone talks to him and all that, but, but they're they just like, yeah, we on. just don't want you to come. So on one over. day Gizmo is going to take his life, and everybody's going to feel bad. <laughs> that's right. Oh, if we should have we should have invited him. But yeah, I get that. I mean, there are, sometimes you end up with people who are 
friends of friends or who you know are entitled to be there and you're just like i would never fucking talk to this person yeah sometimes you're relatives with people that you're just like i would never talk to this person mm-hmm. I, I got you're a few a of those moron. <laughs> um how did you come from the same gene pool yeah. anyway hey you know and everyone everyone there has their own individual story which i thought was great you know because they're not young crowd by any means or 30 plus actually oh i saw a photo of them they are not pretty people <laughs> That's fucked up for me to say. It is pretty fucked up. Um, but hey, uh, you know, but they all have their own stories, which is pretty cool. Just you know, listen to the stories and all that kind of stuff. And like I said, it's one big family, which means, of course, there's going to be drama when there's alcohol because Jaeger bombs going on all day long. Oh, so they 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 treat each other like family. Yeah, that's oh, okay. It is. There's drama going on, and so and so wants to sleep with so and so, but has to get the okay from so and so. And what do you mean, they're swinging? No, no, no. It was like, no, they're all, no, they weren't swinging. So then if you want to sleep with so-and-so, why do you need to get permission from so-and-so? You'll see. I, I, I don't know. It just <laughs> seemed like it was, <laughs> it's, you know, the thumbs up came up and I, okay, whatever. I, I don't know. All right. You know, it, but it was, it was just, you know, it's like a family dynamic. Everything was uh, the, and, the drama and, included. And uh, it's like a family from the South. You can sleep with family. <laughs> You know, the interesting, we got there, you know, and they're like, yeah, we're going to barbecue. They have a pretty long driveway. It leads into their on the side of the house. And there's a long driveway leading up. And then there's a garage attached to that. And and they kind of set everything up in the, in the driveway. And then we're going to go into the backyard and hang out there. Well, nothing ever moved from the driveway. So we had this party all day long, just hanging out in the driveway. Never went to the backyard or whatever. Which I thought was interesting also. Just, just kind of, okay, well, this is where the stuff is. Let's just put our chairs here. And I remember in, uh, uh, Palmdale when I I used when I was 14 years old my parents moved me out there and uh the city had an ordinance that homes had to have grass in the front they had to have yards that were done so every home every new home that was sold included front yard but did not include a backyard so most people in Palmdale just had these dirt yards in the back because uh, they're broke uh, Palmdale uh, for people out of the uh, state of California it's uh, about an hour out of Los Angeles um at the time that in Los Angeles homes were $300,000, you could buy a home in Palmdale for $70,000. And it is the desert. Uh, and it is the desert, yeah. So to give you kind of a point of reference of what Palmdale is. Um, but back then, I, it was, I wouldn't say culture shock, but it was completely foreign to me that people pulled their barbecues out of their garage and barbecued in the front yard. Because it was nicer there? Yeah, because the front yards were nicer. The grass, the sprinklers, um, the kids could play. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was it was kind of neat. It, there was, back then, Palmdale, much different than it is now. It's turned into more of a ghetto kind of thing. But uh, there was a lot. Your neighbors were all friendly. They, everybody said hello. Um, it was, uh, so it became like a sense of community, and, which was kind of neat. But I always still found it weird. Because I grew up in the valley where we have, uh, San Fernando Valley in L.A., where there's fences between everything. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I haven't talked to my neighbors here and uh, I don't know, a year or two. <laughs> um, I just don't. Occasionally if I see them, I wave, but I don't really exchange words with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, cause like I've met my neighbors and they're nice people, but I wouldn't really be friends with them. Um, what I mean, not inviting them over. And no, <laughs> let's do dinner. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, yeah, I don't know. Uh, barbecuing in your garage, in the yeah, in the front, it was something that I saw a lot of. But I, I would, 
it's, I think it's total ghetto. Which to me, it's just, well, this was, it just told me, reminded me of like, you have a party at your house and the food is in the kitchen. Where does your party usually end up? Right. Like everyone hangs out where the food is. And it's just like, you know, they had intention of going into the backyard or whatever to go hang out and well, food's in the front. So we're just going to park our chairs here and hang out next to the food. Yeah. It tends to be a pain in the ass. And I don't know, I don't know what it's about because like when you have a party, when I have a party, neither one of us really do cooking other than when it's a barbecue and then we have outdoor grills. Uh, but the, so nobody's even preparing the food in the kitchen. They're just setting it there. And yet people want to congregate around <laughs> that area. The kitchen, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why that is. I need to open up my kitchen more, knock out the wall over into the game room. Okay. <laughs> Everyone need to know that. Everybody need whatever. <laughs> hey, I woke up two hours ago cause I'm now working nights. So, uh, this is my morning for me. So. If I'm not completely on the ball, I, I'll use sound effects to try and communicate. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, it was, it, I had a great time there doing that. We, we, uh, what time we leave? Uh, it must have left around midnight. So I got there around, I guess, around 1, 1.30-ish. Mm-hmm. Left around midnight so I'd go get a hamburger somewhere because <laughs> I was getting hungry. Oh, <laughs> well, because there was nothing to eat? All well, was just... they, they, some, they did have some they chips did. and stuff like yeah. that. I did find the, the um, peanut butter pretzels. Uh, So I I ate a ton of those. Holy shit. In Palm Springs, we discovered um, somebody perfected that. You, I mean, amazing technology to inject peanut butter in a pretzel. That's what they had. But then someone else figured out, let's dip it in chocolate. Oh, so I have, I have peanut butter pretzels (laughs) dipped in chocolate and I was like, holy shit, they improved on it. Why didn't I think of this? (laughs) It's the best thing ever. Yeah. So you, you, they had peanut butter pretzels that you found. So I was eating that. Yeah. And drank a lot. Jaeger bombs, Jaeger bombs, Jaeger bombs. We finished off two big bottles of Jaeger and that's just what they, the stuff tastes like. That's what the host loved. Just tastes like, why? It tastes like shit. I'm not a huge Jaeger fan either, but black licorice just, but they even had these, they even had these cups, which were made just especially for Jaeger bombs because Jaeger bomb is Jaeger. And then around it is uh, Red Bull. So when you, it's like two separate cups. So it's um, a cup inside a cup. I thought a Jaeger, you, when I went to a bar, they had that green machine that had the uh, Jaeger bottles on top turned upside down and it somehow chills them it. out. Is that what it does? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just, it's, it's just like a jockey box. Yeah. That's yeah. all it is. Um, so what I did, I, I Jaeger bomb has Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Has it always had Red Bull? Yeah. All right. Otherwise it's just a shot of Jaeger. I, I, I yeah. Okay. <laughs> it does cut the, the licorice taste. It, it's not so bad when yeah. you have it like that. Anyway, I thought it was interesting. Like they had the cups for that. They had the, they, they, yeah, it's okay. like a cup and a cup, a little shot and around the shot is well, that's something. So when you drank it and they kept bringing these things out, oh, it was, it was, a, it was a rough day. That's <laughs> something that you would do. You, I mean, you own test tubes and little holders for them for shots at your house. That is um, true. And you also have bandoleros. Um, <laughs> problem is is you don't have any friends who would be willing to wear them i don't have them anymore what happened to the band uh, well they were clint's and he he asked for him back and he said he got rid of them oh bastard i know because i've totally I'm, I'm like the river i'd love to have a bandolero now and uh, what is a bandolero a uh, bandolero is it looks like um i guess rambo would wear it has shot glasses going around your uh it goes across your chest down to a holster it so crisscrosses yeah, yeah. And you have shot glasses that would look like uh, shotgun shells. And then you have your holsters of alcohol. In Hollywood nightclubs, you'll see like 20-year-old uh, Playboy Playmate model type looking girls in basically a bra and short shorts wearing these things. 
or in Vegas, you see that sort of thing. Yeah. Wearing bandoleros and going around doing shots with people for like 15 bucks or something crazy. So I'd love to take it up to the river. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, but you, let's see, you want a portable bar. You have a slushy machine. I think you have a nacho machine. No, no, no. nacho machine. You have a slushy Actually, a slushy machine I, I haven't used. I, I gave that back. I had it for, what, five years, something like that. Oh. And I, I gave it back to the guy. You still have my patio heaters. I do have two patio. Oh, yes, I do have your, your patio heaters. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've told you I'll bring them back. You're like, uh, well, because I'm sure that the, at the, whatever moment that you bring them back, you'll need them a week <laughs> and, later. That's right. Of course, every party you've ever borrowed them for, you've never used them. Uh, we did once. Oh, okay. We did once four years ago when you loaned them to me, we did once. <laughs> it has not been that long. It's been, it's been about been two. While. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> um, cool. So what else? Uh yeah, so that's about it. Oh, yeah, and, and and yeah. Anyway, yeah, and and like I said, you have one big family. They do anything for each other. They really are like the nicest people to each other. And those are the, the drama, mm-hmm. you know. And they get on each other's nerves. But if someone needed something, they'd be right there. So I thought that was a pretty cool experience. Cool. I did enjoy that. All right. So Brian doesn't need you anymore. You don't have to fly out there. You can stay here. Oh, I don't he know about have to that. Steal my friends. <laughs> he can. He has his own friends. He's got his own cheers. He's got his own. Yeah, he's got his own family. <laughs> Good for him. Good for Brian. Uh, he wants to come back, though, doesn't he? He still wants to come back, yeah. Yeah, who doesn't? Exactly. I don't know why people leave California. Yeah, he's like, this weather sucks, the humidity, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't, I mean, uh, I I would, I wish people would stop coming to California because there's too many fucking people here as it is. Um, and I was born and raised here, so I have a right to be here. Yeah, me too. But I belong here. when you, once you're here, I, and then people are like, yeah, we're going to move, we're going to go here. I don't know why you do that. It's so stupid. <laughs> Most people do want to come back. Um, we have a friend, Sam, who was actually born and raised in Michigan. And the entire time growing up that he was out here, all he wanted was to move back to Michigan, and which I never understood because I've been to Michigan. Um, and it's cold and dirty. <laughs> and, you know, the, they throw salt on the ground to dissolve the snow, which destroys your car. So every few years you got to get a new car and all that sort of crap. Anyway, um, and I mean, even today, today's a cold day here in Cali. It's a brisk, like 72 outside. I know. I thought because my convertible top was down, I'm like, hmm, should I turn on the heater? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so that's as worse as it, as bad as it gets. But, uh, and he moved, he went back to uh, finally uh, about uh, 20 years old or so. He moved back to Michigan and then now is in uh, Chicago. Uh, so I guess he, he's happy to not have the beautiful weather that we have here. I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, my son from Texas you know, came out San Diego. I don't think he ever plans on going back. Oh, why would he? Didn't, he didn't even go back for spring break. Especially after you go to San Diego. I mean, uh, the weather is absolutely gorgeous. The beach is right there, and there's like it's like a breeding ground for beautiful blonde girls. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it is. Um, it is. You walk around the campus, they're like, "There's no fat girls here." <laughs> Not only there's no fat, but they're all thin and blonde. Mm-hmm. Like there's no brunettes or redheads here either. <laughs> there are, but it's still just kind of weird um, what you run into, like waif-looking uh, blonde girls, which I'm a big fan of the waif look. I hated that movement when um, people were trying to say, uh, you don't have to throw up to be beautiful. I disagree. I think you do need to throw up to be beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. I she's tease my wife all the time after she's done, after she eats something. I'm like, you want to go throw that up now? <laughs> <laughs> she never does, but I'm always like, I'm serious. <laughs> Man, I don't like the, the too skinny. That's not me. That's fine. But I mean, that's been me. That's always been me. I mean, I like those uh, 
thin porno baby looking girls. I always have. Um, I remember, ah, shit, uh, seventh grade, uh, seventh grade, eighth grade. I had the hots for this girl, uh, on East, who actually, I think I'm, I might be Facebook friends with, but I thought she was hot and everybody was just like, what are you kidding? She has no ass. And I'm like, she has a tiny little ass. She's got a, Oh, then there was Bridget. It's right. Your hand. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, that is so awesome. But I don't know people. Hey, we all have different tastes. Yes, yeah, we do. Now that skinny, I would. Ugh. You need to have a little more than <laughs> than that. But still, the waif look that is in the advertisements, I think, looks good. That's right. And you know, Target getting busted for the manatee, the plus size manatee gray. Do you hear about that? <laughs> they, what is this? Uh, they have some kind of Target, product. By the way, yeah, they, they have some kind of product that they uh, and. Uh, the color of it was, it's a plus size dress or something like that. And the color was manatee gray. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a lot of people who are not happy with the plus size and the manatee color of it. <laughs> Actually, I don't think it may, the thing may have just been called manatee. I don't know if it was manatee gray, but I think it's what, because that's the color of. So it's, do you think this was done maliciously or someone they just didn't really, <laughs> I just didn't it. think, I don't think they thought about it. Cause yeah. they said they have other, pro, other products that, that are manatee gray. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the fabric came in and was called manatee gray. And then they just happened to shape it into a plus sized, uh, woman's outfit. Yeah. Oops. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's certainly a lot of pluses to the plus size woman. Um, they're generally the, uh, bubbly, funny, fun ones. Um, and not as uptight as the waves, but yeah, that's true. I'm married. So I'm just looking at them at this point. <laughs> I don't really care what their personality it's is. It's the Playboy. Right, the Playboy model. Cool. What else? I got, hey, I had a, last week, I don't know if you get these, um, uh, an allergy attack, which seems to happen to me now like once a year, uh, where I, I just, I get wiped out. I'm fucking crying and sneezing and blowing my nose, and I can't breathe. I literally become immobile, um, just like a horrible allergy attack uh, a couple of weeks ago. Nope, I have been lucky enough to escape those. Wow. Um, there was, I'd say probably, I guess within the last 10 years, all of a sudden allergies became a problem for me. Um, I wouldn't say a problem. A lot of people have it way worse. But I started getting where the pollen never used to bother me, but then I you know, did, and I started taking Allegra. And I'd go for like a week or so of just being annoyed. And then moving from Palmdale back down to the valley, my allergies pretty much went away. Um, I guess because of the dust and everything that was up there. And Palmdale's really windy, for those who don't know. Yeah, it's very, it gets very windy, too. Uh, and it's all open, so everything just kind of blows around everywhere. Yep, yep. About 3 o'clock in the afternoon, always a nice wind that pops in. <laughs> yeah. um, so moving back down here, we only have like two months of wind a year, seasonal wind. But uh, the allergies pretty much went away. But then I developed pretty much like once a year, it's like I get an allergy attack and then my body builds up an immunity to it, and then I'm pretty much okay. You know, I, I, I'll Your body it. just wants to do it all at once? That's what it seems like. That's what it feels like. So I was wiped out. Um, I took, like, Allegra and, I don't know, chlorophenaramine and a couple other things, and I was just trying to get through it. And Deanna came home, and she was like, holy shit. <laughs> um, as I'm on the couch, tears, sneezing, <laughs> tissues all over me. I, and it's a mess. It really – I'm rubbing my eyes. I you would look at me and you would think like, I don't know that my whole family had just been killed. I look, I just look terrible. So she went to the store and bought, you know, some drugs and stuff for me. Um, and something that she gave me that just was the cure all. It was, I think Sudafed something else. Um, I passed out. 
And then when I woke up like two hours later, I, then I was fine. And I was like, Oh, where was this? <laughs> you know, where was this four hours ago? Um, but she bought me Kleenex with uh, lotion and aloe. And I kept the top to show you cause I thought this was really cool. This Kleenex has sneeze shield. Sneeze shield. Yes. See that? It just says, it says Kleenex lotion aloe with sneeze shield. What exactly is a sneeze shield? I'm guessing you hold the Kleenex in front of your nose and that shields the sneeze because I did look at the box all over to try to figure out what sneeze shield technology was after I awoke from my, you know, Sudafed coma. How does this work? Yeah. What is sneeze shield? And it doesn't say anywhere on the box other than right here with sneeze shield. Maybe that right there is the sneeze shield. The, the plastic <laughs> top is the sneeze shield. So I imagine that Somebody at Kleenex was like, we need to put, we need a burst and we need something in that <laughs> put burst. Something in it. And what is new and exciting about Kleenex? Well, no one else is touting <laughs> tissues ability to block projectile mucus. So let's call it the sneeze shield. All you do is hold it in front of your face when you sneeze <laughs> and you've created a shield. shield. Yeah. Nice. Brilliant marketing. I, yeah. Hey, it got her to buy it, but. <laughs> I mean, she is, was, is that why she bought it? Not I, because of the lotion, but the yeah, I didn't ask sneeze shield. She was like, "Oh, sneeze shield technology. Well, this has got to be better than the regular one." I don't know what that is, but maybe it's somehow you're uh, like it's one of those dust uh, special dust things where you hold over the, the, the dusters, you hold over it, and it like Lifts statically it pulls it up. Yeah, the static cling pulls it up. Maybe there's some sort of static cling for mucus between the tissue. <laughs> it sucks it in. Yeah, pulls it in. I gotta try it. I guess. We got to get a high speed camera and <laughs> see what happens. Put out a bunch of sheets and then sneeze across it and and see if Mythbusters. This is a Mythbusters thing. Myth what exactly is Sneeze Shield? <laughs> Take it into a big deal, and the people at Kleenex were just like, "We needed something to put in the burst." That's right. I don't know. <laughs> and Frank over there was like, "It's a Sneeze Shield," and that's what we put. Yeah, we don't call them tissues. We call them Sneeze Shield in my house. Um, speaking of sneezes, after we uh, America was threatened with the swine flu. I think, or the bird flu or whatever epidemic was going to kill us that week. Uh, we have now become accustomed to sneezing into our elbows. What is, what is that part called? The reverse side of your elbow. No, I, don't, I don't know. The inside part of your elbow. Your elbow pit. Your elbow pit. <laughs> so we now sneeze into our elbow pits as opposed to sneezing in our hands in an effort to stop spreading germs, right? Being a sneeze shield. Yeah. So, be, yeah, we have our built-in, our own sneeze shield. I need a tattoo now that claims that <laughs> Put I Put a burst on it. I have a sneeze shield. It's yeah. a sneeze shield. <laughs> there you go. In those two little pits, <laughs> a little burst would say sneeze shield. Do you do that now? Do you sneeze? I do. I, I try to. Um, and, yeah, we're supposed to be teaching kids and all of that. Uh, I don't get it. I didn't get it when they first the, – the moment I saw them introduce that, I was like, that's fucking stupid. Because what happens exactly what you're doing right now when you cross your arms? No, then it's you've just placed your hands right in the sneeze. pit of sneeze. So, so I guess you sneeze in it, and you have to disinfect it. A little sanitary. I, well, then what's you might as well sneeze in your hand and then just disinfect your hand. It makes no difference. So we need to create something that's will set there, velcroed on there, where once you sneeze into it, you can peel it off, and well, the next one's there, ready to go. My solution and what I do is I lift up I pull the shirt away from my neck and I sneeze into my chest. So I sneeze into my shirt and that contains everything on. But later on when you play with your nipples, 
well, you're going to be getting it all over again. That generally doesn't happen during the course of the day, though. Is sure you say that now? So even if you cross your arms, he you're putting your hands with his nipples. on the outside of your shirt. So that's a much better solution: is to just sneeze in your shirt. Although I guess, or why not just always have a Kleenex with sneeze guard? That a uh, sneeze shield, sneeze shield. Sorry, sneeze guard probably belongs to another company. That makes <laughs> Puffs stickers. is coming out with a yeah. <laughs> Puffs. Puffs has the sneeze guard. We can't. We didn't say that. We can't use sneeze guard. This is sneeze yeah. shield. So there's my rant about sneezing. What All else? right, well, well, good rant. What else you got? I have, uh, I have, I have sad news. I did have to put my my dog down. Oh, you want to talk about that? I'll talk about it. I got no problem with that. I didn't about know it. if it would make you cry. It would make me cry. I mean, I w- I was trying to kill Spanky. Spanky's my dog. I was trying to kill her this week unsuccessfully. Um, and I don't know. People might think that I'm heartless, but I I would cry when they come over. My wife is a vet tech, so she knows uh, veterinarians. And uh, when it's time to put our dogs down. Uh, one of the vets will come to the house and put her down, so she'll be put down here. I'm sure I'm gonna fucking cry. Just it's gonna be it, horrible. So I did, I figured you you just killed your dog yesterday, so I figured you wouldn't want to talk about it today. <laughs> but uh, she, and she was easier to do than Bear was. I'm sure uh, um, Bear was your buddy. He was, uh, but Bear happened like overnight. Like all of a sudden, he couldn't stand, and it was just like really quick. I mean, mm-hmm. he's old, obviously, mm-hmm. but. A tinkle, you know, the past few days, and I think it was just easier that way. The yeah, mentally preparing that it was coming and that you could see that she needed to go. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, Wednesday. Uh, well, two was it Tuesday. No, I. And to be fair, you really didn't like Tinkle as much I as you like Bear. Well, that that's probably true. I mean, <laughs> Bear's Bear was my favorite, absolutely. Right, absolutely, his Bear was my buddy. Yeah, uh, the dog that you got for sleeping with some girl. <laughs> Right. Out of a trailer park. Right. You didn't sleep with anybody to get Tinkle. Maybe that's why the bond wasn't as strong. <laughs> so when you go to the pound to get your she next just wasn't dog, a, She was loving, but she wasn't as loving. Like, you know, Bear was always around. and Bear like was that. your buddy. Bear yeah. was your bear. Bear was Chow, very loyal. You know, he's a he, very, very good dog. Right. But and but you were, uh, as far as Bear was concerned, you were the greatest person in the world. I mean, there was no, you were his buddy. So that, yeah. There just becomes that bond. Yeah. Anyway, um, Tinkle. Yeah. Uh, so Tinkle, you know, she's getting older. She's having some. She's been having some issues getting up. How old is she? Uh, or she's she? thirteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We adopted her. Uh, to your, uh, February twenty eighth, I believe, two thousand. Okay. <laughs> I was looking at the paperwork to see how old she really was. Oh, okay. So she's she's thirteen. Uh huh. Because we do keep all the paperwork on them. Um. Yeah. Anyway, Wednesday, you know, she. Barely, she didn't move much. She'd move, you know, five, ten feet around the house or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, noticed she was peeing herself more. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, as a bigger dog, and they're fixed. The Tinkle name. Um, they they do have an issue with like peeing, like they don't have bladder control. It's just an, it's actually a normal thing for bigger dogs. Have been fixed. She's been on these pee pills for a long time. Uh, okay, I've never heard that, but okay. It, apparently, it's true. They even have these pee pills for it. <laughs> All right. So as she's been on these things for. I don't know, at least eight years, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just thought it was that. So I gave her some of that pill also. And then Thursday, she didn't move much. Um, wasn't really eating. And then Friday, you know, I'm like, what do you know, what do we do? What should we do? You know, you're, you're hoping, you know, she's just having a bad day. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, you know, you know, we all feel sick. Like you say, you know, when you're laying down cause you're, your allergies, you're not feeling well and you're not up moving around. I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, come on. Maybe she'll just, you know, she's old, just having a bad day. And then Friday came and, 
she's she wasn't eating much she wouldn't even eat her treat we uh you know i kept placing bowls of water next to her so she wouldn't dehydrate she was doing right. a lot of drinking right a lot of peeing even though she wouldn't get up so she was doing that finally got her to eat some some of my steak <laughs> yeah <laughs> and even that it wasn't like oh what do you take you know it was uh okay yeah yeah you no know, but at least she ate something mm-hmm. that was pretty much her last meal and then what really got me is uh she well she didn't move she was in between like my living room and, and my back room there's a sliding glass door there mm-hmm. and she was like in that area uh-huh. um, on the carpet not into the back room yet right so right. she was still in the living room just yeah. the entrance to the back room and about midnight she uh she you know she's looking around like she needs to do something and i see her trying to struggle to get up you know her front paws are working but her back legs just are dormant not doing anything you know so i go over there and i lift her up and like as soon as i lift her up she just like pees and I know I'm thinking to myself, all she's trying to do is trying to go out so to pee because she doesn't right. want to be the bad dog. Right. And I, uh, that, I, well, Tina, I'm going to feel like, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, it was uh, and that, that was the point right there, you know, cause I'm crying and I'm like, you know, I, this isn't fair to her. Right. You know, and I, and of course I tell her she's not a bad dog, you know, right now you've got me tearing <laughs> up. Um, so yeah. Uh, so canine, um, <laughs> Before I don't know if we talked about it. Before we went to Costa Rica, uh, K nine had had a stroke. I, don't know I think we, we did about talk it. about that. Did we talk about yeah, it? Yeah, we did. But yeah, I mean, he went sort of, sort of like what you say about Bear. He was perfectly fine. He stood up, had a stroke, and fell over and couldn't walk. And we thought it was done. And like you say, you just hope that it's a bad day. And uh, it turned out to be. I mean, you look at the dog right now. You have no idea that there was anything wrong with him. Nothing. But we went through two weeks, uh, a, a, about I guess two weeks of him recovering from the stroke. And when he got up and fell over, uh, I was just like, uh, you know, because he looked fine. He just he looked like his leg fell asleep, and he was having a hard time walking. So and Deanna's like tripping out, and I'm like, I think he's fine. He's just you know, leg fell asleep. Whatever. He'll be okay. He'll walk it off. And he seemed to get a little bit better. But then it, I don't know. You could still tell there was something wrong with him, but we had we'd never seen a stroke in a dog, so we had no idea what the hell it was. And you and just kind of never really thought that dogs would have strokes. No, didn't at all. Um, thought that he had pulled something. It really just thought it was muscular, and he had pulled something, and something was wrong. Of course, Deanna was more suspicious, but um, Deanna's problem is you know she's a vet tech, and you know she she knows too much that it's a a detriment. She knows more than, you know, it's a, I forget how to, what the phrase is, um, where I'm just like dog. I mean, obviously the dog just hurt his leg. (laughs) Exactly. He'll be fine. He's not whimpering. He's He's, not in pain. So he was not. Um, but, uh, then within a few days we found out that it was, uh, something old dog disease is what Deanna started thinking it was. And then, uh, we took him to the vet and determined that it was, a uh, stroke. But some of my friends were like, why didn't you take him to the vet immediately? Because it looked like he had his leg fell asleep. <laughs> exactly. I, one like, of those things. I, my leg falls asleep and I limp around the house, but I don't go right to the doctor. Right. Some days you have an allergy attack. You just have a bad day. And frankly, even if we had taken him to the vet, um, there was nothing that could have been done. Uh, I don't know if we're, when, if you have a heart attack, you're supposed to take aspirin immediately or something like that. And now mm-hmm. bear, uh, no, is it bear? But yeah. Bear or Anison. Uh, they're making these, uh, instant dissolvable tabs that go on your tongue yeah, for aspirin. And for this case, uh, but I just recently read and found out that if you take aspirin, uh, do you take aspirin every night? I don't. Oh, 
uh, if you take aspirin every night, uh, most heart attacks happen in the middle of the night. Uh, they lessen the char- chances of you having a heart attack or a problem. I like my dad takes like the children's aspirin, I think. Uh, I, some, I, is what they prescribe because of the low dose and it's easy to go in, doesn't upset your stomach and all that kind of stuff. I take a regular aspirin every night um, because of cholesterol. Uh, it's supposed to counteract the slow niacin, uh, which I guess causes flushing. I don't know. I take it and I go to sleep, so it does whatever it does. Um, anyway, uh, so the tears have uh, faded away. So uh, Tinkle had a hard time getting up. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she peed herself, so I cleaned her up, you know, and laying on next to her crying. And, you know, she's looking in my eyes and, and it, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think she knows. Mm-hmm. She's like, just do it. Just mm-hmm. what, what, what are you waiting for? So I picked her up and I, I put her onto her bed, you know, set the water next to her. And, you know, the next morning she was in the exact same place. Right. You know peed of course again but of course whatever um and then the you know i go into carry and i'm like i heaven was gone uh heaven was up in san Luis Obispo seeing her boyfriend okay and she's like well heaven really wants to come home and i'm like i don't think it's fair well, right it's, it, you know, what, who's you're keeping the dog alive yeah. for you yeah it's not yeah. fair and i don't know what time heaven's coming home and if it's going to be done tomorrow and i'm just like let's let's just do it she's like yeah and, and you know, the, the hardest thing is I had to make a phone call to make an appointment to kill my dog. <laughs> well, I mean, that's uh, right. I mean, right. And that's what's going to happen here is Deanna is going to call one of her vet, vet friends to come over and uh, a dead man walking. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. You've started the process. Um, we used to have a ferret named Mischief. And when I took Mischief in, I don't, I don't remember why Deanna couldn't do it. Maybe, maybe I wasn't taking Mischief. I th- no, I knew I was taking mischief to die. Um, De- Deanna must have had a test or something that she couldn't get out of. Cause at that time I think she was in uh, tech school. Uh, but I took, and I didn't really, I wasn't a big fan of the little ferret. I mean, he fucking shit in the corners all over the house. He smelled, he needed a bath every three days. He was just, it was not a pet. It was something that Deanna wanted. And then I didn't, I was like, Oh, this thing's annoying. And then you built him a condo. I built him the, the <laughs> ferret estates, which was, my life with the pets that my wife brings home is a, an, an obstacle of me trying to figure out how to cope with them. So the ferret condo comes about just to try and accommodate this little bastard, like an actual cage. uh, He would climb and gnaw on and try and scratch out of. So I built a, a, a condo or a big yeah fair condo three stories out of wood oh and then the the levels that they shit on so i was trying to figure out how to make a thing that was easy to clean and easy to maintain with you know the litter box down at the bottom and he could sleep up at top and couldn't dig out of this fucking this was thing. a massive piece of furniture <laughs> it was this is like fucking three feet by four feet and three story eight feet tall and three <laughs> levels and to just try and accommodate this ferret um so, and, but then you'd let him out, you know, you'd want out and anyway, but so I wasn't really thrilled with my life with this ferret, but it came time to go put him down and I just cried. I cried like a little eight year old child. I cried. And, um, my, I remember my mom telling me when she put, uh, my childhood cat down fluffy, uh, that she held fluffy while the doctor injected him. And I was like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, that's crazy. And I was, this is probably 20, 30 years ago. I don't know. I was maybe 20 years ago, I guess. Um, I was like, why would you hold an animal while someone else kills it? Like, that just seems so insane to me. 
And when it came time to do to, uh, to do uh, the weasel mischief, uh, the ferret, uh, I I was like, I broke down and was just a total mess. And the girl came out to be like, um, "Do you want to?" And then looked at me and was just like, "Okay, I'll just take the ferret." <laughs> and I there was no way, even if I wanted to be in that room, there was no way I was capable of being in that room. Uh, and then came out and told me that it was done. And then I left and I, it was just a horrible, fucking horrible experience. Uh, then we had a, a cat after that, uh, big guy is what he called him. When it was time to put him down, Deanna did the same thing. She was like, well, I, we need to be there with him. We need to be there at those, at the last moments. To which I was just like, why? And they're like, well, cause it's scary. I mean, you want somebody with you at the last moments, don't you? I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to remember it. <laughs> so why not just do what's better for all my family? Just like you saw me on Tuesday and he looked good. And then he wasn't there on Wednesday. Um, so now she's got to be there holding big guys. So then I'm in the room uh, and they go to inject him and I'd fucking lost it. And I walked, I walked out of the room and I found a corner in the hospital and I'm in a corner crying. I'd fucking mess. It's a terrible fucking event. Terrible fucking event. And it makes me, it makes me not want to get any other animals because I'm just setting up for like 12 to 15 years from now. I have to deal have with to this shit again. again. Um, so anyway, so you made the appointment dead. Man well, walking. yeah, well, yeah, well at first, you know, I'm like, I get the phone number and everything's fine. And then, you know, as soon as she's like, please hold. And I just started bawling. <laughs> so she gets back on and I'm trying to make sense now, of what I'm saying. Now before she says, please hold. Are you like, I need to make an appointment to kill my well, dog? Cause uh, they like, you know, Blah, 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 hospital, you know, please hold. Right. And that, you know, that's just pretty much it. And then they put you on hold right away. So there wasn't anything. Okay. So she didn't know why you were on hold. No. Okay. And then as soon as she's like, you know, she comes back and I'm just bawling. (laughs) She knows what this is. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. Just calm down. Uh, You know, so I I ended up getting an appointment. The soonest one was like four hours away. Nice. So nice long dead man walking. Oh well, yeah, it was, you know, but Carrie's friend Jen was over there with us, which I think helped also. Cause it's not just sitting around hanging out with a dog. Right. And then, uh, you know, it was, uh, Melissa, I'm sorry, re keep forgetting. <laughs> Is it re or Ray? It's re R H I R H I. Yeah. So she, she changed she, her name. She, she, say, say, so a friend of ours, that changed her name. So we're going through this issue of like, <laughs> What do we call it's her? Hard. Now? I've known her for such a long <laughs> right. time as Melissa. Now she's Terry and Melissa. No, it's Re. It's Re. Now. Yeah. All right. Anyway. So. Anyway, uh, her daughter Keely, uh, when they come over and house sit, her and Tinkle and Keely, you know, became pretty close. Okay. So we let her know, and she came over and and hung out with her for like thirty minutes. Yeah. You know, then we time to go. You know, they picked Tinkle up, and there was nothing. You know, her her head there was head movement, but you know, her legs just dangling. Well, yeah, she saw you guys cry. She's like, oh, "You're gonna <laughs> fucking kill me. This is it. Uh, <laughs> Wait, yeah, and it's so I didn't hard. You this. know, the, the time comes. And you're like, you know, and you as I'm picking her up, I'm like, I'm like, is it the right thing? I'm like, is it the right thing? The dog is limp in my arms. Maybe I should. But you're do like, this. but you're like, you just want, you know, you just want that ray of hope. Like, give me anything, you know, just anything, you know, and I'm. And I, yeah, we, we put her in the back, but we put the back seats all the way down. I'm like, because I want to feel like I'm putting her in the trunk. Put her in the back. Oh, we, we the have the hatchback. Yeah, the, the hatchback. Yeah. So. <laughs> <Put her laughs> trunk. so I'm like, you know, I, I you know, and I, 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 I the bed of the trunk. <laughs> so here you go. 
<laughs> so she's she's in that you know the hatchback. So we put the seat because I'm like I just I thought that'd be mean, to, right? You know, <laughs> and then when I get her, uh, you know, <sighs> and you know I I walk her in. The vet tech is outside. She's like, hey, you need help? I'm like, no, I you know I'll, I'll get her. And, <sighs> Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know, legs is day, and, and she's a big dog. She is a big dog. She's like a. I think there was a Great Dane in her somewhere. Yeah, she's, she's a big Great dog. Dane and Labrador and who she's knows about, what else? But a mix, but uh, yeah, about really long legs. Like, was it ninety pounds or something like that? So yeah, I get in there. She's like, well, the room's not ready yet. So I, I, I pretty much just kept her on my lap. So I sat down with her, kept her on lap, and then you know, go into the room and you're in you the know, waiting room with yeah, the other wait- people. No, no one else is there. Oh, okay. Uh, there was one other lady at the counter, but she was getting something. Yeah, because that, I, you know, and we have our sunglasses on, so you you can't really tell that we're you know, trying. We're at this point, we're still trying to hold it in, right? But people like I've been in the waiting room with other people, and they see you with you know your like well, particularly if you've got a cat or something, and like a carrier, they're like, "Oh, what you got there? What's its name?" Oh yeah, There's- I don't want to fucking. I'm going to kill it. <laughs> That's what its name is. It's going to die in a minute, and I just fuck off. Yeah. Leave me alone. Anyway, anyway, so we get in there, you know, we lay her down and, um, you know, they come in and say, you know, this is what, well, they come in and they're like, here's, here's the paperwork. Do you want to, you know, do you want to pay for it now? And how, what do you want to do with her after we're done? Um, and I'm like, you know, let's just go ahead and pay for it first because, you know, it's, I would have paid after. Cause then like, fuck it. What are you going to do with the dog? <laughs> like, oh, well, thanks. Well, see, Mike. That's the other thing because they're like, what, what would you like done with the dog? Yeah. And, and I'm like, cause they won't let you, I don't know how it is in other States, but out here you can't take them home with you. It used to be able, like my other dog. I've bear was cremated cause it was only a few years ago, but they're like, a, they, they won't let them go for whatever reason. Um, I don't know. Hmm. Anyway. So, so, you know, I'm like, we, we got to get her cremated and get the ashes. Otherwise I'm, I'm not sure what they do with them. And I just don't want her to be some body dump somewhere, you know, be, you know, she's a family member. You don't want right. to just trust right. in the trash or whatever the case may be. Right. And the whole time as she's laying there, you know, we're petting her and talking to her and bawling and mm-hmm. you, know, you see in her eyes, there, there wasn't much there. You know, I'm holding her head and her eyes just keep kind of closing. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was time. It was time. And then they, you know, they're like, well, we got to go take her back, put the captor in her. And then we'll bring her back, but they're like, and just so you know, we're not doing anything to her out back there. You know, right. We'll wait for you. Just put it in the cast. Yeah. yeah. So, he, and then, you know, he comes back in and he sets her a, a, a different way than she was before. So now the head is more towards where Carrie was at. And so mm-hmm. I can't hold her head, which uh-huh. I think is better. Okay. And they're like, you know, let us know when, when you're ready. And I'm like, let's do it. Yeah. I'm like, it's. It ain't going to get any better yeah. 15 minutes from now. That's nah, just it. It's, <laughs> you know, There's you know. nothing I need to say that I haven't said. Yeah. <laughs> Or that she'll understand uh, yeah, for that so, matter. So they're like, okay, and they, they they bring you know the doctor comes in because she's the one who has to do it, right? Uh, it's ketamine, yeah. Yeah, she brings in the big you know the big syringe has a lot of fluid. It's probably like I don't know, three inches of fluid, four inches, something like that, in this big tube. The one that's like the size of a quarter. Yeah, yeah. So I forget what that twenty cc or something. Yeah. Anyway, you know it's it's long pink fluid, so you can see what the fluid looks like in there. And she's like, okay, she, you know, she explains what's going to happen. She's like, you know. Um, she's like, what's going to happen? She's going to go to sleep first. Then her heart will stop, mm-hmm. but her eyes won't close. Mm. I'm like, okay. And she puts it in and like, and she does it. It's not something that goes fast. I mean, this is a process. It takes, you know, did to you get go through, through this with bear? Uh, no bear was because 
I want a bear. I had such a hard time with, you know, I, I had hopeful blood transfusion on him. I had antibiotics. I had 24 hour watch on him. Right. Uh, you know, it cost me like 1800 bucks. Right. And then the, the last thing was putting him into exploratory surgery. Uh-huh. And that's when the vet called and said, you know, I have him open and he's riddled with cancer. Oh, okay. And they're like, do you want me to, so you, it was just, okay. Yeah. She's like, do you just want me to leave and put him out since he's already out? So is this your first experience of putting a dog to sleep? It is. I well, I put Max to sleep, but only I couldn't be in there. I did, I just didn't think I could do it with Max. Okay, Max. Which, I, don't I don't even know, know if Max you're Max. Max. No. Uh, he was he was my childhood dog. Oh, okay. So Leslie was actually in there with and Max got put down. Leslie, your ex girlfriend, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they let me take him home. So and that was like one of the twenty four hour clinics. So it was like. I don't know what the take home law situation here, other than. Tinkle was such a big dog, and they were putting so much ketamine in him. I don't know if the fear is is that you're going to go home, cut him open, and get to take ketamine out. I don't know. I, mean, I, I, didn't, I imagine <laughs> there's some sick fucks out there that might be thinking about that. Um, but, I mean, two people who are clearly crying over their dog are not going to go home and, you know, get a butcher knife to get some special K out of the dog. Yeah. Um, we See, the, the last two that we had cremated and that we put down were, or that went down, um, were done outside of the pet store because of Deanna's involvement in the industry. So then we drove them to a place, uh, in Palmdale that does the cremations, um, which was really, uh, there's a horror story that you and I have talked about off air that I've sort of been fascinated with maybe doing, uh, because, when we that when we went to that place, it was a house in the middle of the desert that converted into a business, but people still live there. And they had like some taxidermy and ashes and things in their sort of waiting room. Um, but out back was an oven, and they, you know, that that's where they cremated the animals. And I had up until that point, I don't know for some reason, I thought you needed some kind of special license to have something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, well you could just fucking take a body and put them in there and uh, you know, you cut it up small enough. Then I started quizzing one of uh, our vet friends in a restaurant. We were sitting and we were having dinner uh, and other people were looking over cause I was asking all sorts of insane <laughs> questions. I was like, uh, I found out what someone. I, yeah, well first I was like, I found out what a paralytic was cause I was asking all sorts of questions about special K and I'm like, how can I put someone in such a state that I could cut parts of their body off and they were conscious of it, but couldn't react. <laughs> yeah. These are the questions I'm asking during this lunch, during this dinner. And he's answering them all. Cause he's a very knowledge. He's our, he's actually our dog's vet, uh, a very knowledgeable vet and a good guy. He'd been here many times for Christmas. I mean, you know, so it's not unusual for me to have this type of conversation. He knows. He knows you, yeah. yeah. And he knows what I'm after, but we started with that. I discovered what a paralytic was and how to use it and how you could get it. Cause then that was another thing was, okay, because for the purpose of the characters in the script that I was writing, it just couldn't be, um, you know, like special K. You have to be a vet or you have to break into a hospital to get ketamine to whatever. So I was like, well, can vet techs get a hold of this? And in a small clinic, how can you, you know, I'm figuring out how I can get this. So people are listening to me, want to hack someone up and they know. <laughs> and then how do I get that drug to make that happen? And then I started talking about crematories. <laughs> And found out that you can actually purchase a crematory that is large enough for a human body for doing like cows and horses and, you know, large animals. Uh, and you don't need a special license or anything to purchase this. 
then there was a conference going on and fast forward a few months, but there was a conference going on and he got a brochure and brought it to me. And for like $20,000, you can buy a, a crematory, put it in your backyard and they don't stink because of the, the high heat that they get to, it's just smoke and ash coming off the top. So people don't know the property that you know, the property I live on. I've got that hill way the hell back there. I could put a crematory back there and people would just think that I'm barbecuing and just disintegrate bodies. I mean, there's (laughs) fucking teeth and um, bone fragments left. There's nothing recognizable. And the teeth, you could just get some pliers and grind down and then those are gone. So anyhow, yeah, that's something to work on for a script. <laughs> right. But uh, back to you, and you can't take animals, and they let you take uh, Max. Was that his name, Max? Max, Max, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah anyway, so, you know, we the, the she starts putting the, the stuff in him, or her, sorry. And within seconds, she was out. Um, she's like, I, I, I think that she's done. And then she's testing. She's, like, pressing against, like, the eyes, because that's, that's, they said the last reflex that they have is mm-hmm. the, the eye movement. So he's out. It was very peaceful. There wasn't any kind of gasping for air. There wasn't anything. And then, you know, so they have to finish off all the ketamine and even though she was already clearly out, but they they have to finish putting all of it through her. Right. Which was why I was like someone twisted. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess they could, if their heart's not pumping, that means all that stuff is going to be right where they, it's just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it could, um, you know, then she's like, you know, have as much time as you need. So we were in there for like another five minutes, just petting her and, no, it crying, looked, yeah, lots of crying, and it looked like she was just like you know asleep at the house. You know, she'd just sprawl out, you know, same position and all that. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything different. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, they're like, uh, and they're also going to give us a paw print. They're like, you want us to do a paw print also? And we're like, yeah, it'd be cool. Oh, that's nice. Do the uh, paint or a new... I think it's just the ink thing. Oh, okay. So and they're like, you want that today? I'm like, uh, we'll just pick it up when I pick up her ashes. Right. So yeah, there, there's my story of the dog. But cool. it was time. It was. As hard as it was. See, I'm, I shouldn't say struggling. Um, I think I have a dog that is, uh, what is she, 12 years, 14 years old. She's 14 years old, I believe. Although there's a lot of debate between Deanna and I. Um, I'm pretty sure that she's actually 15, but uh, Deanna always insisted through the years that she was a year younger. And so at one point we agreed on just writing on the calendar uh, what it was and that that's what we would stick to. And I just adhered. I was like, I bowed to Deanna and I was like, okay, that's the age. So finally, so for all these years, we've been calling her like 14 and, uh, about a month ago, Deanna was trying to figure out, uh, events in life and how old Spanky was, uh, according to these events. And it occurred to Deanna that the dog was 15. To which I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been telling you that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I've been trying for for f- like 14 years now, but um, whatever. Uh, so anyway, the dog's 14, 15 years old, somewhere in there, depending on who you ask and what day it is. Uh, but the, her, Deanna's friends in the industry, uh, animal industry, say you make a list of five things that the dog loves to do. And when the dog can no longer do, do three of those things, it's time to put the dog down. Okay. I could open up a word doc and write pages of stuff that Spanky used to do and does not do anymore. <laughs> and breathing, eating and shitting does not count as far as I'm concerned as the five things the dog loves to do. So, you know, she's, she's arthritic or, you know, she has problems with joints. She's got two bad legs. She limps around everywhere that she goes. She sleeps all day. 
I look at her and I see in her eyes where she's just like, I'm done. <laughs> I got to do this another day. Yeah. I she, woke up again. Damn it. Deanna sees Deanna feeds her in the morning and the dog has a burst of energy when it's time to eat. And then Deanna feeds her at night and there's another burst of energy. And then the dog is interested, can no longer tell time. Used to know when it was nine o'clock and it was time for the treat. Now the dog at seven o'clock thinks it's nine o'clock and at eight o'clock thinks it's nine o'clock and at nine o'clock thinks it's nine o'clock. And then somewhere after that finally passes out. But she wanders around the house aimlessly, seeming like she doesn't know where she is. Uh, she steps in dog shit now. She doesn't. She doesn't know how to avoid it. So she steps in it. She then we got fucking shit paws, poopy paws in the house that have to be cleaned up on occasion, and she just doesn't even know it. Um, and now there's been four times we have a dog door. Um, so there's been four times where she's been on her way out. She can no longer uh, squat. She can squat and pee, but she can't squat and shit. So she walks and shits. Pretty bizarre. She actually is walking and shit's falling out. So her shit is in a line. So she'll be trying to go outside. It was this morning or last night, as a matter of fact, was the fourth time. Uh, There's a trail of shit to the door. And it's like, I I mean, I can't get mad at her. She's obviously heading in the right direction. Mm -hmm. She knows what she's supposed to do, but, you know, she's just old. Um, So... And even though, I mean, she gets up and you can give her a treat and pet her and she's alive. I just, I I think that it's a waste of life. Like she's not, she is. Her quality of life is done. Yeah. I mean, just because she's alive. And then, so I wanted to, you know, I was convinced it's time to put the dog down. The dog needs to be put down. So Deanna cried and cried and as we went back and forth and I'm making a case for let's put her down. We're just keeping her alive just because she's alive. Two, uh, two years ago, a year ago, my, well, actually a few years ago, she went into, my grandmother went into a convalescent home, but she died a year ago. And from the moment a couple of years ago that my grandmother was in a convalescent home, you know, we couldn't put her down and she was uh, aware and talkative, but I was like, what a fucking miserable life. I don't want to live this way where I spend all my time with these strangers who wipe my ass. I watch TV all day. And then my family shows up like once or twice a week to say hello. Um, and it actually, at that point, my mom was working near the convalescent home. So my mom would stop by, uh, every, every other evening. And then my dad would come by every other evening. So my grandmother saw somebody every day, but still for half hour or an hour. And yeah. in my grandmother's life, she was very independent up in she died at, uh, 98. So I think she went home at like 96 and up till 96, she, you know, cooked clean for herself, got up every day. When she went to the store, she took the bus and went and, you know, five miles away to go get groceries and took the bus back. Very independent woman walked to church when, especially at 96, when you went into her house or went into her apartment, um, it was no longer clean. It didn't smell April fresh. I mean, grandma was not living, you know, she was starting to live like a hoarder life, was not living something pretty. But the big problem here was she was 96 years old and she had lived here and lived her way all the way up into sort of this mess. So you tried to do whatever kind of cleaning you could, but, you know, she wouldn't hear of it and her pride was too much that if you were like, it stinks in here. So there was, it was just a whole thing to deal with. And how do you deal? How do you deal with that with someone who's you know? They're, yeah, they're spanked. Just walked mm-hmm. in the room, confused, looking in the corner. Where, <laughs> what, am, I? where am I? Huh? So how do I get in the studio? Yeah, exactly. How do? I, who are you? Do I? Know? That's what I always think. She looks up at me and she's like, "Do I know you?" 
I think I do because you're nice to me. Um, <laughs> is but, it treat time? <laughs> yeah, is it treat time? Uh, but yeah, I mean, she's limping around. Anyway, so I wouldn't want to live my like my grandmother. So I look at Spanky and I'm just like, I wouldn't want to live like this. Um, we keep her alive just to make Deanna happy. Yeah, just for so, selfish reasons. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, I'll be sad when the dog is put down, but I, it's I, it just doesn't look like she is enjoying life. She doesn't want to go for walks which sucks for the other dog for canine who is actually a year older than she is, but canine. And that's the one who had the stroke. Uh, canine is much more spunky. You grab a leash. Canine will go for a walk. He's, he's interested in a lot more things outside and, and, you know, just in life. And he's always wagging his tail and just up in chipper. It's not canine's time. But if we put Spanky down, we would replace Spanky with another, uh, probably like a Karen Terrier or something like a little dog. To which canine, my in-laws have a Karen Terrier, and whenever canine sees him, uh, Wally, their canine's interested. Canine likes other dogs. Spanky has never liked other dogs. Um, so getting a new dog would improve canine's uh, quality of life. He would start going on walks you know, with the new dog, and they would be palling around. He'd be interested. So I'm really gung-ho to put Spanky down. Uh, but then... You know, Deanna insisted, well, go see the vet beforehand to, you know, make sure, which was the vet that I talked about a little while ago that told me how to, you know, cremate animals. Um, and that vet was like, well, she's alert. She knows what's going on. She can move around. You know, her quality of life is fine. And so now we're not going to kill the dog because the vet says that the dog is healthy. And I shrugged my shoulders and left it to Deanna. I'm like, all right, it's up to you. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't give a shit if she's healthy. She's not happy. Deanna thinks it's happy. Deanna looks at her and fictitiously creates something in her mind where she's like, look how happy she is. (laughs) So then like now every time the dog does something uh, weird, uh, like shit in the house, I'm like, oh, look how happy she is. (laughs) Let's talk about all the, you know, horrible things that she's, that's happening to her in her life. And because she has two fucked up legs, the moment that she gets put down is when she fucks up a third because then she can't walk around. So I'm like, we are irresponsible if we're just going to sit around and wait for her to decide when it's time. Like that's you, your friend that with people though. We do. But her and her friends made this list five things. And when three go away, it's time to put them down. So what we're, what we're on the list. What, well, you would, in the case of like Spanky, she I didn't was, know. Did she actually make the list? No, she, no. You can mentally just kind of fire off a list. Um, it, it's simple thing. Spanky used to like walks, doesn't like walks. It doesn't want to fucking walk anywhere anymore. Uh, you let her outside. She'll take an interest for a few minutes and then it's time to lie down. Um, she used to hike rocks. Hard to explain. She used to chew on rocks, but um, she would hike rocks, little like rocks smaller than like kids football sizes. The dog literally would, put her front paws down on the rock and hike it, throw the rocks between her (laughs) back legs behind her and would just do it. Just run around. It was, it was a bizarre thing to see. Um, she used to speak on command. Uh, now that's very difficult to try and get her to speak. And it seems like she works really hard at it. Um, she can no longer sit down. You won't see her sit. She walks around and then lies down. Um, she, I don't know what's wrong, but you can't get her to sit. If, and if you get her to sit, it's only for a few moments, and then she's back up because something hurts. Uh, also, it seems to be a problem that standing in one place, usually uh, when we give her meds now, 
she paces and you have to chase her down in the house to find where she is to give her her next peanut butter ball with meds. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily put standing, walking and sitting on the list, but I think there were things she used to like to do that she can't do anymore. <laughs> Uh, but hiking rocks, speaking, going for walks, uh, she used to chew on rocks. When she was much younger, occasionally she falls off that step. <laughs> uh, when she was much younger, she used to chase a ball. There's no way. You throw a ball. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> she just pissed the other one off. She just walked over to a canine and woke him up, and he'll yell at her sometimes. That's what that was, if, it, if anybody even heard it. Um. So, yeah, so those are the, the quality of life things that she likes to do. And lying on a pillow and sleeping isn't, uh, you know, isn't one of them and eating mm-hmm. and shitting. And so I just think it's time. I think it's she's done. Uh, but the wife doesn't see it that way. So um, we've had the I've spoke my piece. We've had the conversation. And now uh, one day we'll come home and the dog will have been sitting there all day because it broke something and is shitting all over itself and looks absolutely pathetic. And then we'll go take the dog in because now the decision has been made for Deanna. And uh, then I'll wait a year or two uh, before I tell Deanna that I was right. <laughs> Let's see. I told you. So. You were wrong. I was right. And that dog should have been put down way before. Um, but whatever. That doesn't mean that it's much easier. No. Um, it was still. not easy. So I, I knew it was time for Tinkle, but doesn't mean it didn't cry about it. Yeah. Tinkle, I, I mean... I don't know. Tinkle's the one that I talked about in an earlier podcast from one of your parties where I had yelled at the dog and said, well, you'll be dead way before <laughs> I am. And your wife and uh, what's his face? Uh, Don, Donna's husband, John, John, uh, your wife and, and John was like, I can't believe he just said that. Um, you know, Tinkle was still up and around at that point. But the truth is, is would it have made a difference? I mean, and that's the situation with Spanky now. I, w- I was thinking about putting Spanky down way before Christmas, four months ago. Well, Tinkle would still play um, up until this week. No, Spanky doesn't play. Spanky doesn't play with Wally. Doesn't play. There's another thing that used to be on the list. Doesn't play with Canine. There's no. Yeah, Tinkle uh, up in, even like Monday or Tuesday, she does like this you know, on two front paws and goes down and kind of wants me to you know go after yeah, her and jump no around and, from Spanky. You know, and and she was doing that. She was up for that. And then Wednesday it was just done mm. well that's not so bad uh, but for me i you know i don't know if spanky were put down four months ago i would be like there's just because she breathed air and consumed food and shat for the past four months doesn't mean that we should have kept her that long yeah. i mean she's no different than she was four months ago but hey whatever you know that's yeah i am glad that the vet didn't say anything about well, it's only blah, 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 you know. Well, you should give her, you know, had the vet said something about, you know, give you the glimmer of hope. You know, oh, kind of said to you that, you yeah, know, maybe put her some on antibiotics or something like that. I'm glad she just came in and did what she did. Like, because I'm like, I don't want that glimmer of hope. I don't want you to make me think that I'm making the wrong decision. Oh, um, hmm. I don't know. We took uh, the other ones in. Yeah, the vets, I, there was, yeah, they didn't say anything like that. Uh, so that's talking to Brandon. He said something uh, that they, the vet said something to him about it. Yeah, that would be kind of harsh. Uh, I mean, that's really fucked up because the people have come in and you can see that they're crying and that they're bent about it. Uh, so you're just prolonging, especially 
yeah, again, well, treatments like in, we can do, you know, they may or may not work. So why bother? Again, like I mean, in Spanky's case, you look at the dog and you go, well, the dog's 14, 13, you know, 16 <laughs> years old. What am I doing? I'm, I'm going to extend a dog's life for another year for what? Um, and that that's, I mean, that's just a big, I guess with my grandmother and with people in general, like why, why do you want to live to a hundred? Why do you want to roll around in a wheelchair and be, you know, my friend's, uh, grandmother, uh, last week just turned 102. Okay. She's still up and moving around and is, is healthier than my friend's mom. Fine. <laughs> and that's great. That's absolutely great. I mean, I'm not like, but when you get to the point when you're immobile, my grandfather also went into a convalescent home uh, that, and he went in before my grandmother did. And that was the first experience of this is absolutely pathetic because uh, he shared a room. Uh, my grandmother shared a room with two women, uh, but he shared a room with just one other guy. Um, but he had a cork board, which also my grandmother had a cork board. <laughs> he had a cork board, a television set, and then a bed. And the two items that were, or the items in there that belonged to him were the television set and whatever was stuck on the cork board, which was like pictures and, and, uh, greeting cards or whatever. Um, and I thought this is fucked up. This is what my life is reduced to. Mm. I mean, I live in a big house. I, you know, I have possessions that I absolutely adore, um, that I, and I understand as we get older, you get to 90, you don't really give a shit, uh, you know, about a pinball machine that you once loved or whatever the hell I own a pinball machine. People are like, well, that's a weird thing. To come up with. <laughs> um, I have, I own a couple of pinball machines, playboy pinball machines that I had signed by Hugh Hefner and I love them and I don't play them as much as that often, but I, I, I enjoy having them. Like I'm sure many people enjoy pieces of art or their cars or whatever. And, and you know, car is a good example. Uh, you absolutely love this thing, and then now your whole life is reduced to a television set and whatever goes on a corkboard. Um, who the fuck wants to live like that? I mean, to me, I just thought this is pathetically terrible. Um, and it, it comes down to well, there's no money to hire nursing care to you know where he could live in his own home and uh, still die amongst his things. And most people don't have didn't plan that well to have that kind of dough. I I mean at the current point. Uh, both you and I don't believe have planned enough to have nursing care <laughs> nope. in the event of that. And there won't be any social security. Um, so I, I think, I mean, I, well, I, I'm pretty sure that as we start to get older, that if I start hitting the uh, somewhere in the eighties, if Deanna goes before me, I'll probably swallow a bullet within those few days. I don't think that like, why? What am I going to remarry? What the fuck? I've been with her my entire life. Um, I just, why, what am I going to do? Um, and if I, I can see myself as being one of those couples that like, if Deanna was, uh, had Alzheimer's or something like that, we're, you know, 80 years old, I'd take her out and take myself out and just end it. Um, cause it's just, we also don't have kids and we're not going to have kids. So there's no. I suppose as the older that you get, then you it's fine to be in a comatose state just to enjoy your kid's life. You know, you sit in a rocking chair all fucking day and see your kids and grandkids. Um, so maybe that's different for other people. But for us, it's just us. So 
us and our friends, but you know, they're going to be 80 fucking years old. So, <laughs> you know, we ain't going to play golf or anything like that yeah. at that. Well, I shouldn't say that. That's right. I, I'd like to be I, playing golf then. <laughs> I actually shouldn't say that at all. I, I mean, I'm making that reference, but Deanna's father is uh, 73 and her uncle is 73. And, um, you know, they just played around a golf this past, uh, um, as part uh, Easter spring break. So I, I'm saying 80. I don't really know why I'm using that number. I guess I should say 90. Um, not many people are playing golf at 90. <laughs> I think Arnold Palmer is. But you get my point. Uh, so, yeah. So there we go. <clears throat> I think I just uh, admitted that I might one day kill my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already talked about crematorium. Kill like, myself. And I have a plan on how to do this. <laughs> That's right. I know exactly how. How to get the drugs. Not a good podcast for a court hmm. case. All right. So we're at... Uh, an hour and 20 minutes. Any more depression that we should add to the show? Wow, an hour and 20? That's a long one. Well, you know, I couldn't exactly cut you off <laughs> as you're in the middle of talking about the death dog. And um, then I kind of felt like that was a little too down of a note to leave the <laughs> podcast on. So, and I don't know that I necessarily left it on a high note. I was <laughs> Killing just, your wife? I was just trying to level things out in the rationale yeah. of the world, um, but or at least my rationale of the world. So uh, uh, leave your comments, suggestions, and that sort of stuff on iTunes. We read those, and there are some there, and we have we didn't read them for this podcast. Damn it. Uh, but we did read them. And, uh, yeah, for more on the show, oh, no, I'm supposed to say I'm Vince Roca, I think, before that. And <laughs> uh, then, then I, I would say I'm Vince Roca. Uh, and and that would be that. And for more on the show, visit getconvinced.com.